Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Alex. And this is Connor. Welcome to the Sales Engineering Podcast. We are so excited to bring on Corey Dobson, a principal solutions engineer at GitHub. In this episode, we'll talk about how the SE team at GitHub stays on top of product knowledge and business value. And they're doing some innovative things that I've never heard about, like inner sourcing internal projects, live streaming demo days on Twitch. We'll also touch on how they handle tribal knowledge, onboarding, and expanding your footprint into customers. And if you make it to the end of this episode, Corey shares some powerful closing remarks. So get ready to learn from an incredible SE. Welcome to the edge of sales engineering. Hey, Corey. Connor and I are super excited to have you on the podcast today to talk about new products and expanding into new business units. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on, Corey. Super excited. Um, to start off, would just love for you just to tell us a little bit more about who you are and your path to the SU role. For sure. Yeah. So, yeah, my name is Corey. Uh, I'm a principal solution engineer here at GitHub. And my pathway to the SE role kind of uh, came from a traditional engineering background. So I got a computer science degree at West Virginia University. Um, let's go Mountaineers for any past or present uh, <laughs> WU students listening. But um, through that degree at WU, I uh, started um, in an engineering role, software engineering role in Oakland, California at a company called Visco, uh, visual supply company. And they build uh, tools for, for creatives. Um, and it's an art and technology company. And uh, myself, I'm a photographer outside of um, being an SE and I'm a drummer. So uh, the Visco mission of, of enabling creative people through photos um, really spoke to me and I really enjoyed that experience. It's where I got my kind of engineering chops too. Uh, we were uh, in, a, in a really strong growth mode at Visco. So the uh, platform team and the kind of lean engineering team that uh, I was a part of really got my chops for how to scale services and how to build APIs and how to build really an internal software and then also external software. So um, it's really my engineering chops came from Visco. And after Visco, I, I started to realize like, I really love engineering, I love technology, but I maybe don't want to do this every day. I think a lot of SEs have that similar, similar story, similar background, but I, I didn't know too much about what the SE role was or um, if, what the SE role even existed, to be honest. Um, and yeah. I kind of stumbled into it uh, through um, various interviews and, and trying to figure out what that next position is. Uh, I landed at a company called Algolia, which is a search as a service company. And they're building essentially an API that does hosted search. And I built <laughs> a lot of APIs at Visco, and I had some experience there. And I knew I wanted to get into a technology like role that was centered around you know, business or, or finance something uh, like that um, and ended up being a perfect fit. And after Algolia, I joined the team at, at GitHub. Yeah, definitely. Well, well, thanks for sharing that, that story and diving a little bit deeper there. Before we jump into the main topic today, uh, we were curious just how GitHub leverages SEs. Could you tell us a little bit more about uh, what that landscape looks like today? For sure. Yeah, so GitHub leverages SEs, I think, in a traditional um, account team space. Uh, we work traditionally with um, enterprise sales managers or enterprise account managers um, or uh, um, even in our corporate teams to essentially 
drive customer value. And I, I say that really simply in that we drive customer value because uh, it's, it's um, natural to think about that as like we're driving opportunities, we're building ARR for GitHub, um, we're uh, teaching customers how to use GitHub or onboarding new teams into GitHub. Um, but at the flip side of that, we're also taking part in marketing events, we're teaching folks internally, we're enabling our sales team, um, and that in turn also drives customer value. So I think anywhere where we can uh, do more for our customers, GitHub's SE team wants to be a part of that. Um, but naturally we're uh, aligned with our sales team and we work with our uh, sales reps to essentially cover our customers and, and uh, drive more business for GitHub. Uh, but that is both internal and external. Yeah, no, definitely. And kind of uh, when I think about GitHub, selling GitHub is different, maybe even a little unique because you're demoing or, or selling a product that probably most of the people are comfortable with, ha have used it or are familiar with it, and maybe in some cases know the depths of the product a little better than you do. So. I don't know, can you tell us a bit about what that's like and, and how you approach demoing and selling GitHub? For sure, yeah, and um, your GitHub's interesting because it's, you know, to your point, uh, it's a mature product and it's a mature name and it's a mature brand. And uh, we're in a really grateful, you know, lucky position to have that when we walk into a room. Everyone understands GitHub in some light. Maybe they use open source, maybe they have a GitHub account, maybe they use GitHub in a previous company. So demoing as an SE, has changed a bit. Um, I'm not so much demoing like GitHub Flow or requests or issues, at least not uh, as much as I'm demoing like new products and like our our new personas that we kind of in the light of this podcast uh, uh, title. I am looking at things like actions and, and GitHub Advanced Security, um, how are you leveraging CICD, uh, the new features that, that are, are uh, tied to GitHub's platform because you're right. Uh, some folks have been using GitHub for even longer than I've been using it. Uh, my first GitHub account um, I, at Corey Dobson on GitHub, I created that when I was in college, but folks have been using GitHub for uh, even longer than that, right? They, they've been using it as long as GitHub's been founded. So um, it, it's an interesting position to be in because everyone has some sort of understanding what GitHub is. And it's honestly one of the first questions I like to ask when I go into a room um, with a new account or a new team, like what's your experience with GitHub? Because that um, background can help me tailor that conversation a little bit better. And more often than not as well, we're, we're hearing uh, that maybe it, in a room of five people, three of those folks have had a ton of GitHub experience where maybe two of them are brand new to it. So there's also a point of uh, the customer teaching uh, each other internally, which is really cool. And, and that's a really great experience to have as well. But um, demoing GitHub and, and, and showing GitHub to a customer can change and it changes all the time. And that's one of the things I really like about being a part of the team as well, because everyone has some understanding of the product or some understanding of the brand. And it's kind of meeting them in the middle, meeting them where they're at. Um, are they GitHub experts? Are, did they have GitHub at, uh, at another company? Are they brand new to it? Um, they're falling somewhere among that perspective. So, yeah, you talked about several things that I think SEs and, and people who are customer facing deal with dealing with people at different levels of comfort and understandings, and then having to uh, find ways to have a conversation to engage everyone or keep everyone a little engaged. And, um, but yeah, moving on to, to the topic today, we're going to talk a 
about product development and how it impacts sales engineers and the sales process. So every company will inherently start to release new products and new features. And this means, like you touched on a little earlier, that every SE is going to need to learn and support and sell these products. So we're gonna talk a bit about how SEs can stay product experts um, and what are some of the things you're doing at GitHub to learn to continue to learn the business value behind these products and the, why they were built, why they were created. And, and then we're also gonna touch on the, the new personas and teams that we're gonna need to eventually expand into. Um, so jumping into new products. We could spend an entire episode talking about product development and the software development lifecycle. And there are so many teams involved in this process, but sales and sales engineers are the tip of the spear and the front line to bring these products to market and ultimately drive growth from it. So Corey, GitHub is building new features and always releasing new products. How does the SE team at GitHub stay on top of product knowledge, product expertise, and business value? Yeah, no, I, it's um, something we're always thinking about. And to, to start, I think uh, for a company, if you're going into a new market or you have a new product feature, you know, hopefully that feature, that, that new market you're entering feels very natural for the company. Um, thankfully, that's been the case for GitHub. Um, and hopefully there's a story that kind of relates this feature to this suite of uh, features or this suite of tools. Um, and for GitHub, when we've released new features like around GitHub Actions for CICD or GitHub Advanced Security for, for DevSecOps workflows, um, this has been the, the case. And for GitHub's SEs, it's been uh, a, a very cool feeling and, and it's been very easy for us to want to be experts in those new areas um, and stay on top of that product knowledge. You know, if we want to be SMEs on, on you know, DevOps or how to release software in an agile way or um, you know, how to properly work with teams and collaborations of different personas in your company, we should also want to be experts in CICD and security mm -hmm. and DevSecOps. So uh, that natural progression from, uh, in this case, just GitHub in the nature of thinking of it as a collaboration tool and um, for code review and, and uh, storing your code into now uh, a, a DevOps pipeline and a security solution for how you use open source. Like that's very natural progression. And for RSE team, it, it's, it's very easy for us to get excited about learning, learning new parts of the product. Um, essentially, we're solving the same problems our customers are, which also allows us to really share some of those details and, and be more vulnerable in a space of, uh, you know, a call or an uh, and, and on-site, when we can finally have on-sites again, um, to have a, a deeper relationship with our customer, you know, more than just a sales team. We're advocates in the same space, we're solving the same problems as them, um, and we're releasing features to help them solve their, their, their problems. Uh, but day-to-day, -day, we're, we're building more of an SC enablement series, um, and we have a, a full suite of essentially kind of internal podcasts as well, kind of similar to this, that the SC team can join, um, ask questions, and um, uh, essentially learn and, and teach each other about a new product or a new space we're going to enter. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's super interesting. That really segues and leads into this, this other question. So you have this internal podcast for the SE team. So there's some level of enablement that the SE team does for the sales team. And, and it sounds like that also is for the SE team. Uh, is, can you tell me a little more about how, how this is set up and maybe how you pass on this tribal knowledge? 
Yeah, yeah. So the SE enablement series, uh, it the ownership is is distributed. So uh, everyone is taking ownership into different areas of the product, and uh, it's a collaborative approach for us to um, if we're going to launch a new feature or a, a new suite of, of of products for the GitHub platform, we want to invite you know engineers that worked on that product, product managers, of course, product marketing managers. Um, bring them into a space where the SE team can start to ask questions and dig into the product, but then also um, have something prepared so that if we were going to demo this feature in front of customers, you know, what is the, the, the flow of that? What is that conversation? Um, the uh, tribal knowledge problem and kind of the um, uh, siloed knowledge problem, uh, <laughs> hopefully GitHub, we can, we can uh, solve that better than most. GitHub, that's the problem much the problem we're trying to solve for companies so we try to solve it for ourselves first and make sure that everything is documented make sure that everything is in a space that's accessible and uh, essentially democratize access to that knowledge whether it be in a github repo um, and we actually we use github to to learn about github uh, or it be <laughs> in various tools um, like gdocs or uh, we use a another uh, sales enablement tool called guru you might be familiar with um, so we we try to make sure that everything is written uh, GitHub is also a very remote company. Um, we've always been very remote. Uh, about 70% of the team was uh, remote even pre-COVID. Uh, so um, we've always worked in that way of being very, um, uh, I'd say cognizant of our team members that maybe can't make that Zoom meeting or can't make that enablement meeting. Uh, make sure that's recorded, make sure that's documented, make sure that it's in GitHub so that we can resource it later. Interesting, and, and to your point, GitHub is a tool that really is helpful and built for distributed teams, right? Um, and so it sounds like in terms of disseminating this new product knowledge that might be coming down the line, GitHub just ingrained in the culture has a lot of these key components to help dis like distribute that new information. So. I was hearing a lot of like making sure that things are written down, um, but I guess what else really helps with with passing along that information to the the team? Yeah, yeah. So um, it, I think you you, you had it. Uh, GitHub as a as a product, we're trying to solve a lot of um, the collaboration problems that a company might have, and uh, internally uh, we've um, come up with these tenets of of inner source and inner sourcing, and essentially inner source as a concept is the idea of treating your engineering projects as if they were open source projects at a private company. So say you're at you know, private source control company, um, but you're treating your projects as if they were open sourced. So everything mm -hmm. has you know, readme, everything has contributing files. Um, if we're making code changes, we're including all of the folks who might be stakeholders in that code change. Um, and applying that kind of concept of inner source to then like enablement for an SE team that's still a very natural feeling because uh, all of that documentation or all that knowledge can live in a GitHub repo um, or it can live in some form <laughs> that can then be um, essentially accessed from the entire team regardless of where they are. And if we kind of apply that same concept of inner sourcing that we, that we teach customers how to do for their code projects, but we do that for our internal knowledge, then we can all benefit from that. And it's kind of, a bit of dog fooding the the cultural uh, mindset that we're showing to customers, but we're doing it internally for even SEs. Yeah, I, I love that. You know, and 
Uh, it's great to see GitHub using GitHub for, for a lot of as well. And I want to dive a little bit deeper into some of these maybe more innovative or non-conventional approaches. I mean, um, using GitHub for enablement and these internal podcasts. I also saw a link to, to one of your Twitch streams, Corey. So could you tell us a little bit uh, how some of these more creative initiatives or projects emerged? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess a uh, shout out to the GitHub demo days. Um, I was just a part of one last last week uh, as of this being recorded. So um, the GitHub demo days are essentially a live Twitch stream that you can hop on with the, the GitHub solution engineering team once a week, uh, Fridays at 11 PST, uh, 11 a.m. PST. And uh, we essentially work through a problem on GitHub Enterprise together. Like we solve a security problem or we solve an organization problem or we solve a CICD problem together. Um, so at the SE team, we're, we're looking at these different approaches of um, both for like internal and external enablement. Um, all of them emerged from either some sort of internal need from another team or a clear gap that maybe our team noticed that we can drive impact. At the start of this call, I kind of talked about how GitHub's SEs are leveraged to, to drive impact and drive customer value. So that's where those kind of came from. Like we realized that we can, uh, you know, use those engineering skills in a, in a different light and uh, teach our customers something and you know, webcast it, put it on Twitch or um, put it on a Zoom call and put it internally, right? So um, in the example of like demo days, like marketing needed to kind of adapt to this all remote landscape, but we also wanted to um, kind of nurture a new audience and move away from traditional webinars, um, diversify like a content strategy that revolves around problem solving. So um, live streaming, kind of live coding a problem on GitHub with GitHub SE was a really natural fit for us. Uh, and it just happens to be that, okay, if we build a really great um, you know, demo or environment for a marketing team, why can't we take that exact same demo and environment and use it for enablement internally or use it for onboarding in the future? And that's something we're turning to do right now. Yeah, it sounds like a, a very creative culture. and. Um, you know, it's it's rooted in being able to try to solve problems with these more creative solutions. And I'm curious, like, how do you, how do you go about man uh, measuring the success of one of these creative enablement methods? I mean, I'm sure there's like a countless amount of different ways that we can go about it, but how do you measure the success and determine whether or not you still want to keep doing, for instance, like the Twitch streams? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think externally, like, uh, of course, our, our marketing team has their own goals of what we're trying to accomplish there with, with something like demo days. But um, at the same time, internally, uh, the customer sentiment here being <laughs> the internal folks that are, that are benefiting from um, the, the work that we're doing to enable our team, um, that feedback is really important. I, I don't know if we've so much you know, tied exact metrics to, to exactly how, you know, is this successful or should we keep doing it? But um, the customer sentiment and the feedback internally, and then also the, the SE value that we're getting out of it is, is a huge piece of this. To be able to see even a, an SE that's, that's maybe on your team demo a feature that you are really familiar with live you know, in front of you, that's a, that's a learning experience, right? Because if I'm, I might work with someone for years on end, but I'm not in all their calls, right? I'm not in all their demos. So even being able to see how they approach a problem or approach a webinar or approach a live stream or you know, approach a, a feature demo, um, I'm gonna learn from that. And I think like that, that internal collaboration of uh, always learning, kind of always treating um, mm -hmm. uh, yourself in this kind of growth mindset is really true to GitHub. 
uh, it's something we try to practice. And um, it's hard to say, you know, do we measure it based on the um, amount of feedback we get or uh, did we, were we able to teach that team exactly the feature set that they need to learn? It's, it's, it's hard to say. Um, I think we're still figuring that out, but the, the sentiment and the feedback internally has kind of been our success factor so far. No, I love that. So Corey, if there's potentially like one creative program that another company should definitely experiment with implementing or something they could definitely benefit from, is there one from your experience that other companies should definitely try? Yeah, I, I might be a bit biased towards it, but I really love the live streaming that we're doing with GitHub Demo Days. I, I think it's, it's a great initiative and it kind of gives SEs an outlet to uh, talk with their community in a way that they weren't able to before. Um, so much of solution engineering is based around customers and accounts. Um, and when we can, we won't speak at events or speak at conferences. Uh, that's a great opportunity. A lot of SE teams do that. In the time that we're in though, I, we're, we're not able to do a lot of those things. Uh, more conferences are becoming virtual, more events are being canceled. Um, so the ability to just quickly live stream and solve a problem uh, as an SE with your community is, is, is a really engaging experience. Just last week uh, in the live stream that I um, co-hosted with one of my colleagues, we helped uh, one of our friends in the chat, a community member in, on GitHub, uh, essentially remediate a security vulnerability in their repository you know, live on Twitch. And we didn't start the stream knowing that was going to happen. And <laughs> we ended the stream, you know, knowing it did happen. I, I think that's like kind of the fun uh, uh, problem solving that SEs are really great at. And it's what we uh, really enjoy in the role. So I'd say learning the right way to live stream, maybe a demo or a feature or solve a problem um, and have an SE host that. Uh, something I, I advocate for more companies to look into and maybe try. I, I think they, they gain a lot of insight from it. That's great. So staying up to date on new products and new features is critical. And it was really awesome to hear some of the things that you and the team are doing. And we know that's just one part of the process, right? As companies grow and mature, sales teams and product teams actually need to expand into new business units and start selling to new personas. And we were curious, you know, GitHub started with a pretty ex developer focused product uh, pretty exclusively, but eventually new products were released and that was different than the original target market or persona. I'm curious just from your experience and having expanded into these different markets or personas, what do SEs and what can SEs do to help product teams and sales actually drive growth into new business units? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I think it's a great point. Uh, I, I would say one thing on uh, maybe our original uh, customer as well, kind of the developer. It, one thing that GitHub has really realized is that that a core set or core skill set or maybe the core features that we needed to build for the developers changed. Now developers are, are not just collaborating together and they're doing code review, but uh, they're managing you know, open source security advisories and uh, they need to set up de DevOps pipelines. So our, uh, I guess, product market fit for uh, an engineer and an agile engineer um, has just, I, I think, kept up or is uh, keeping up with the bleeding edge of what an engineer needs to do today when they're needing to manage so many different problem sets or uh, manage so many different concerns around security or DevOps along with even just core engineering. So um, that's 
where we've evolved our, our product. And, and I think SEs can, can help drive growth and, and uh, help product and sales teams understand that by voicing that, that, that concern of a developer or kind of putting um, a lot of our, our sales teams in the developer mindset. Um, a big part of this too is, is getting that perspective of an SE um, because we have that understanding of, hey, the developer's day-to-day has changed. And of course, our, our GitHub product teams are on top of that too. But uh, showing that as well to even our, our customers is something that uh, GitHub SEs have, have been a part of um, and uh, essentially getting involved in the strategy on accounts uh, by showing that, hey, a, a developer at X company doesn't just need to you know, solve X problem. They probably also need to worry about security in this space or you know, this company in general is getting into the cloud in this specific market. That developer team needs to understand how to do CI/CD and, and push their stuff into this cloud environment. So I think SEs can, can do a lot around account strategy and be uh, essentially kind of a sounding board for uh, both sales teams and marketing, product teams and new features. Um, it's really giving that developer perspective that an SE has and, and voicing that back internally and even externally in front of customers if we need to teach um, maybe a, a, an executive or a director of all the things that their teams actually need to manage and how maybe a product like GitHub or a product that an SE is, is selling or a part of um, how it helps solve those problems. So I think there's a couple points there in that um, GitHub's like persona of a developer has really changed in that uh, developers day to day has changed so much and developers are doing more and more. Um, and then SEs are, are voicing that perspective internally and externally because, you know, we are engineers, we are developers and we, we really understand that day to day. Yeah, I, I love that point that you made there that developers day to day is changing because a developer really their their goal is to solve technical problems. And, you know, maybe 10 years ago, technical problems were very different, different technologies were available, uh, different services were available, different coding best practices were available. So it's cool to hear you talk about GitHub and your product evolving um, and, and staying at that bleeding edge of what developers and development teams are doing. You know, as an SE, you've established trust with these customers and you, you know their problems, you know their challenges, and you have a lot of, you have a different perspective uh, in, in, you know, offering some creative solutions with these accounts. So you have existing customers, um, but how can SEs be leveraged to uh, build a stronger foundation in accounts or maybe even help grow the account into other teams or other business units? Are there, is there anything that comes to mind, like specific actions y'all can take? Or yeah, that you yeah. Do take? <laughs> no, for sure. I, I, um, I, I think we're in an interesting time again, uh, the uh, COVID-19 crisis has also changed the relationship that we have with customers because mm-hmm. now everyone's remote. <laughs> Even companies that maybe weren't remote before, <laughs> they're learning how to do this on the fly. Um, and you know, thankfully, the GitHub team, we've been remote for a long time. We have some expertise in this area. Uh, but our SEs in, in general in this relationship has changed in that um, your customers, I, I think, will also be more willing to work with an existing vendor uh, and, and see how that vendor can help them solve more problems than bringing on maybe you know, even new products and new solutions because it's going to be challenging for customers to even, uh, you know, I, I think, acquire 
new new vendors acquire new software products in these mm -hmm. times when especially when companies maybe aren't used to being fully remote uh, so that is an opportunity in ourselves for SE teams to to drive more business with our existing customers and deepen that relationship so I think that's something that SEs can really do like be willing and, and be involved and, and and help a team maybe solve more problems than you uh, I mean uh, air quotes kind of normally would be willing to learn more about the customers than you kind of air quotes normally would because um, you, you might find that a team connected to maybe your current mobilizer at a company or your current you know go-to person at a company uh, they're solving or they need to solve the exact same problem that you help solve for another team and until you really reach out to that team and and, and reach back to customers do check-ins um, hear how everything's going um, come at it as an engineer at that company wanting to solve the problems that those engineers are wanting to solve as well um, helping you deepen that relationship because I think there, there, there will be more and more opportunity with existing customers in the time that we're in uh, because it's, it's, it's one easier, but then it's also, again, to your point, a trusted relationship. So SC is really deepening their existing kind of technical relationships with what they have with their customers would be something I'd advocate to do. It's something that I'm trying to do. I think it's something that the whole GitHub SC team is trying to do as well. Yeah, wow. I really love that answer. I think boiling it down to just one word, it's adding value or not one word, but just one sentence, it's adding value to, to customers and, and yeah. really just caring about their problems and unique challenges and uh, trying to put yourself as an additional, a proxy member of that team. So at this point, we've talked about SE teams and how to stay up to date on new products and how to uh, maybe expand into new business units. Uh, but let's wrap up with enablement and talk about new SE teammates and onboarding, because this is an ongoing problem. Uh, as you continue to grow, uh, you're going to continue to onboard and new teammates and information is constantly changing. And as you said, GitHub is a team like uh, many technology companies that's on the bleeding edge of, of what is, is happening. So a lot of this information needs to constantly be refreshed and updated. Uh, so you're you're in a unique position to and have some perspective to to share some best practices. How do you tackle onboarding, and how do you ensure onboarding is updated with new product and persona information? Onboarding SEs at GitHub, I, I like to frame it. It's kind of everyone's job to make sure that that person is successful. One thing that we like to do to start is uh, shadow calls from different regions, you know, different lines of business, different teams. Um, and, and really understand how maybe one region in our sales team uh, talks to a certain customer base and their specific problems versus you know, another region and, and their specific customer problems. Uh, really investing in uh, that new person's success across the, the global SE team. Uh, we try to schedule one-on-ones with every team member. And um, one thing we've been doing recently is, is having each team member teach essentially that new hire something on that onboarding checklist. Uh, I talked a little bit about intersourcing and uh, intersourcing as a cultural perspective and how GitHub enables that. Let's have you know, a senior SE teach this new hire their, uh, their phrasing and, and, and really their narrative on what intersourcing means to them. Let's hear that exact same subject from maybe a newer SE team member. Let's hear it from maybe someone who's been there in between that amount of time. So uh, teaching those concepts from different perspectives across the different teams is something that we invest in in onboarding. And we really try to just make sure that everyone's investing in that, that new person's success. Um, 
one thing that I also love that we're uh, starting to do is uh, reusing as much material as we can. So I talked a little bit about demo days and you know the mm -hmm. Twitch stream and the resources we're building there. Let's reuse those resources internally to teach our new hires because we essentially were teaching our community about a new feature. We're going to need to teach you know, a new SE about that feature as well. Love the idea of teaching uh, and having new team members come and teach team members. Is there anything else you can share about that? That's uh, just having different team members come on and teach you a new topic, teach you their talk track, uh, incorporate it. How can we make that a more formal process? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you'll probably hear a lot. I've said it probably a ton. I mean, GitHub is just all about collaboration and all about uh, you know democratizing knowledge across to the, the board for everyone. So it's it's a it's an experience for both a new you know hire that just onboarded, but then also maybe a senior member that's been on the team for several years. Uh, those questions from a new hire they they may have never heard before um, about hey what is this subject like. I know we just went through the presentation, but I have a question about, you know, this specific slide we went through or, you know, your talk track here. Um, it, it's meant to, to, to kind of be a learning approach from, from both scenarios, both the, the new hire and, um, you know, maybe the existing team member. Uh, it's something we try to do a lot. It's something that um, I think any GitHub SE would, would love to uh, jump into. <laughs> if I was a new hire and I went to, you know, anyone uh, uh, on, on our team and said, hey, can you teach me this for 30 minutes? We would all be happy to do that because it's something that we benefited from, you know, in our, on, in our onboarding experience. So um, the, the teaching and, and constant learning, and I talked a little bit about the growth mindset everyone has at GitHub, uh, really rings true with the SE team. And we try to show that, you know, right off the, right off the board with, uh, with onboarding. Yeah, I love that, that perspective. Super interesting. Thanks, thanks for sharing that. So this part of the podcast, we're going to switch to the rapid fire questions. These are a couple questions that we asked every guest. So really interested to hear your answers to some of these questions, Corey. But the first one is, what book has greatly influenced your personal or professional life? Yeah, um, so I actually have a, a few and, and um, I wouldn't say either of them are, are the book, uh, but they're just ones that I've I actually recently gone back and started reading through. Um, I read them a while ago and uh, I, I constantly go back to them. Um, one of them is It Doesn't Have to Be Crazy at Work by the founders of Basecamp. Um, and then the second one is, is Work Principles uh, by Ray Dahlia. Um, so hmm. those two books really revolve around, again, things I talked about, team collaboration, knowledge sharing, um, and, and uh, I, I just, so many highlights from those books. There's a really great highlight from it doesn't have to be crazy at work where you kind of treat your company as a product and you're constantly iterating on your product. You're constantly iterating on your company. Um, mm -hmm. And if you take that iterative approach, like try something new and then iterate on it again and again, um, it just constantly gets better, similar to a product. And that can be ring yeah. true for company culture or learning or what have you. Um, just treating it as something that's always, always, uh, um, iterating and kind of taking that, again, that kind of growth mindset to um, how your company evolves is something that just I, I love and I, I try to uh, uh, kind of embody that with how I work with teams. We're both Dalio fans as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the work principle stuff is great. I, um, I'm really, uh, the highlight that I always talk about there is like being accountable, demanding it from other people. Because um, accountability is huge in the SE role. Like we, we have to be there for customers. We have to be there for our teams. Um, sure. We want to be we want to be accountable. 
Um, and it's just something that I uh, really, really sit with and uh, kind of in the nature of, of me like landing into the SE role um, uh, in that Dahlia book, um, it talks about hiring and he talks about hiring like for the values first, the ability second, and then the skills third, because mm. that's kind of the order in which, uh, you know, someone approaches a problem, like what, what values they have before they approach this, like what are their abilities and what are their skills? You can teach skills, you can teach abilities, but how somebody values or who they value or what they value is, is a little bit harder to change. So making sure you, you hire for that first is really important because I mean, for myself, I, I had no idea what an SE was um, four years ago, right? Five years ago. And um, now I'm doing that. I, I wouldn't want to do anything else. Uh, it's because I value a lot of the relationships that SEs would have like with customers and with teams and, and teaching and learning. So I, I think it just, um, something I, I really uh, sit with and I, I try to embody as well. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, and I'm glad to hear that you're still keeping some of that financial threat alive too. I know you mentioned in the beginning when you were exploring the different options, that was a route you were considering going. So especially with Ray Dalio and a lot of the thought leadership he puts out there about sure. just financial principles in general, it's, it's cool to hear that uh, work principles was, was very impactful just for, it sounds like company culture in general. Yeah. And, uh, and topics on how to hire. The next question is, what is the worst professional advice that you've ever been given? Um, yeah, so, uh, man, this is, it, this is funny because I, I think if I hear some advice and I, I, I really don't like it, I don't know if I, if I remember it as, as, as well as I would if I really <laughs> enjoyed something. Um, but no, I, in, in that light, um, yeah, I don't know. I, it, it'd be tough to say that there's, a certain professional advice that just doesn't sit with me, but I talked a lot about culture and I talked a lot about like teams working together. Um, and, and one thing that really stands out that I, I just kind of like my kryptonite is like um, the idea of, of tribal knowledge and like getting job security from being the only one who knows how to do something. I just, mm -hmm. I, 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 I hate that because <laughs> it just, it's like uh, everything kind of anti, GitHub and I think anti-SE in a way. It's like we SEs are meant to teach. We're meant to um, you know, advocate for customers. We're not meant to keep everything, you know, uh, uh, in, in in a form that no one else can learn from it. Um, it. It's just not a really culture I vibe with. So I think like that that idea of uh, I know this and no one else does, and I'll never teach it to anyone else is just uh, so anti-SE for me. I I, I don't um, I don't vibe with it very well. Definitely. And on the flip side of that, that same question, what's the best professional advice you've ever been given? Um, so I, I'm going to probably highlight again from, uh, it doesn't have to be crazy at work where they talk about not so much uh, setting goals, but building systems. Um, and I, I love this because uh, the, the idea of, of setting a goal is kind of this arbitrary number that might actually be really important. And I don't want to discredit goals completely. Uh, but we, we, we put a lot of value in like hitting that goal. But if you don't actually build systems every single day, you know, slowly iterative approach to help you hit that goal in the long term, you're probably not going to hit it. Um, it, it. A good metaphor here is like two teams, like a, think about like, you know, uh, two basketball teams, right? They, they come on the court and they both have the same goal. It's like to win. <laughs> There's only one winner, mm -hmm. right? And more often than not, that's probably the team that had the better system. And offensively mm -hmm. or defensively or practice more or had a better team system. So 
the, the small changes you do every day and the small uh, systems you put in place every single day, um, that's what leads you to actually fulfilling those goals. So I think goals are great for planning, but systems and, and how you approach every single day, uh, actually, it, that, that is, is what's important. That's where the, the real value comes from. So I think the idea of, of if you want to hit a goal, like build a system to help you hit that and, and stick to it and iterate on it if it, if it, if it fails. Um, it's just in that engineering light, it just really rings true for me. And it's, it's um, some advice and a concept from that book that I, I really enjoyed. Yeah, that's an incredible analogy. The two teams showing up to a game, right? And they both want to win, but only one will win. Uh, I think it really tries. So I think I would love that book. That's something I've held true to, to myself in my own life for a while is think about the systems, think about how you can just set things up so that you can be more successful. And um, in the end, uh, you'll just, I think, arrive at more goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow, these are some great answers. You shared quite a few things, Corey, that I know I, I'm just so excited to, that are gonna be rattling around in my mind for a while and, and thinking about <laughs> how I can build them into uh, maybe into my art team culture here at Slack or even just into my own life. Uh, so thanks so much for coming on the show. It's super great to yeah, talk course. to you. Um, before we wrap up, do you have any closing remarks? Anything that we haven't talked about that you'd like to, to share? Yeah, um, I'm just gonna, I guess, use the opportunity to get a little political. Um, make sure you're registered to vote folks and, and go vote. Um, you know, now more than ever, we need not to be apathetic. And um, as well as voting, I wanna just challenge and advocate for folks to learn how to, they can become a better ally to underrepresented people, whether it be women or LGBTQ, uh, people of color, um, it's a big moment right now in the country. Uh, we can all be a part of kind of the change we want to see. And um, I'm calling from Portland, so this is ever true <laughs> for me right now. Um, but uh, it's a movement across the country that I think we can all be a part of. So uh, make sure you're a part of that and uh, learn how you can be uh, a part of that, that change that you want to see. And thank you so much for saying that. That's incredible. I'm glad you uh, answered that question like that. Uh, yeah, I, I could speak for myself. I definitely echo everything you've just said. Right on. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the last question is, uh, you, and you mentioned this earlier, is GitHub still hiring right now? Um, how can someone apply or, or reach out to you? Yeah, no, uh, I checked our careers page <laughs> this morning. No, we're, we're certainly hiring across the board, um, engineering, marketing, product, sales. Um, we're always hiring SEs as well. I'd say if you're, if you're interested in the SE role at, at GitHub, um, I'd love to just uh, talk to you because I'm assuming you're hearing it from the podcast and would love to like elevate your resume and elevate your profile to our hiring team. So reach out to me um, if you don't see uh, an, an SE role on github.com slash careers, uh, reach out to me on, on, on LinkedIn or various networks. Uh, but uh, short answer, yes. Yeah, GitHub's still hiring. We have very aggressive goals for uh, the next fiscal year and, and calendar year. So uh, we need a big team <laughs> to help us hit them. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, and uh, as as I'm sure everyone listening to this episode can hear, uh, it's, it sounds like it's an incredible team to be a part of and an incredible culture to be a part of. So uh, yeah, well, thanks again, Corey. It was really great to chat with you and thanks yeah, for thanks, sharing your, your voice and your perspective with the community. Right on. Yeah. Thank you again. Um, yeah. Just appreciate the opportunity to come on the show. Wow. What a great episode. 
We wanted to take a second and thank you for listening. We appreciate you and hope this episode helps you learn and grow in your career as an SE and in your professional life. If you found this conversation as insightful as we did, please share the podcast with a teammate or your team and let us know what you think by subscribing and rating wherever you listen. Finally, if there are any topics or speakers you think would be great for the podcast, please use the email alias in the show notes to reach us. We'll see you next time on the edge of sales engineering.